your Locked On NHL, your daily podcast on the National Hockey League. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the Locked On NHL Podcast, Tuesday edition. Joe DiBiase from Locked On Sabres, joined as always by Mike DiStefano from Locked On Leafs. Mike, are you a big NBA fan? Um, I like the NBA. I like watching okay. basketball. I wouldn't say I'm a massive fan, but I follow it. Did you see the LeBron versus courtside <laughs> Karen stuff from last I night? Did. I did. Yeah. I did. I've been like trying to find out more and more about that, that story this morning. Uh, but it got me thinking, like, do you have a favorite moment of fan interaction in the NHL? Because I, it, so I was looking up the LeBron video on YouTube and very quickly YouTube, because I probably, you know, half of the videos I watch on there are NHL related. They're suggesting to me, Oh, top NHL fan interaction moments. And there are like 10 in here that I had never even heard of before. Um, the, the number one that I would have remembered or at least known about that was like the first one on there was the Ty Domi going after a fan or the fan going after Ty Domi, whatever, whichever way it was there. Yeah, that's the exact one that I was going to say. I was like, there's a famous one of the Leafs and the Flyers. Um, Ty Domi's in the penalty box, and a fan starts just, like, going over the box and starts, like, trying to hit him. And then all you hear is the announcer saying, watch the lawsuit, Ty, watch the lawsuit. (laughs) So that that always, always gets in my mind whenever I think about hockey and fan interaction. That's got to be the most famous one. That's that's a good one. Rob Ray here in Buffalo, there was a, a fan that jumped on the ice in Quebec and went towards the Sabres bench. And somehow, some way, Rob Ray is just pummeling this guy. Uh, that's a famous video that's out there. I actually, I think my favorite one, though, that I didn't know about until this morning, Steve Sullivan on Chicago with a bloody nose and a fan is like mocking him for having a bloody nose. And Sullivan like goes up to the glass oh. to like confront the fan and the fan's <laughs> like pointing to his own nose. And then later in that game, a puck goes into the into the sands and hits that same guy in the face, and he's bleeding. Yeah, the other one too. I, I'm trying. I do remember that one actually. That's really funny. Um, the other one too is I think it was at uh, at a Chicago game, and I can't remember who's. It was Adam Party, I believe, uh, of the Winnipeg Jets. Yeah, they the the glass breaks on a hit. And there's a little bit of a scrum going on over there. And a fan reaches over and pulls off his helmet, puts it on his head. And he's just like a drunken idiot. And he's just like, oh, yeah, look at me wearing this helmet. And he got tossed. But that's another one that uh, I, happened yeah. um, less than 10 years ago. But something that I, I'll always remember, too. I, I think the picture of the fan wearing Adam Party's helmet was like my, one of my fantasy hockey team logos for like five years. <laughs> um, so I do remember that one too. Uh, I'm I, there's surprised though, just, just really quickly about the LeBron thing. I was yeah. very surprised because I I was under the impression that there weren't going to be any courtside fans in right? the NBA this year. So that really caught me off guard. The fact that there was actually fans that close and on the court. Me too, right? Because they're, I mean, if you just go by the, the the guideline that we're used to now as we're almost a year into this pandemic, six feet. Like six feet is is the kind of universally recognized like social distancing uh, measure. And when you're courtside like that, it's very easy to be within six feet of the players who mm-hmm. are not wearing masks, by the way. And I think they're backed up a little bit, but it doesn't look like it's a dramatic uh, difference between where they normally are. And you do see that in, so like football, you've seen that where even the teams that have had limited fans, 
the like first four or five rows of stands are always roped off or they they have like a sponsor thing there. So I was surprised by that too. I didn't even think about that. Um, so yeah, that was fun last night. LeBron, by the way, not one to normally get into it with fans in a negative light like that. There's been some positive moments throughout his career, but uh, that was interesting. There is a lot to get to in hockey today w- that we have this blockbuster line, a Dubois trade that is almost, you know, a week plus old now. And it's maybe starting, it's not starting a trend, but it's it's kind of maybe the poster child for a trend that's happening in the league right now. We want to get to that a little bit later. Uh, and then Anthony D'Angelo in New York right now is maybe the story of the league in the last couple of days. We'll get to that and uh, more on the Canadian and the East Division. I'm still going to call it the Canadian Division. I don't know. It, these division names. I, I was so so lame. I'm just going to call it the Canadian Division. Um, let's start, though, with some with some newsworthy stuff. The Devils have a COVID outbreak. It's going to be through February 6th. I saw that they were shut down. Uh, little, it's weird, weird inconsistencies with how the NHL is doing their postponements. So, like, last week, St. Louis versus Vegas got postponed from a coach and a player testing positive. The Sabres played the Devils on Saturday and Sunday, and they had Kyle Palmieri and Mackenzie Blackwood on the list. So that was a a little strange that, like, okay, this team's got two. Both are players. This team's got two. One's a player, one's a coach, and we're going to postpone one game and not the other. I don't know if it's written down anywhere and, like, when they decide to postpone, but um, I thought that was a little strange. But the Devils are shut down. So far, there's no impact on the Sabres. Their game against the Islanders – on Tuesday night is actually getting postponed, but that's due to weather. So if you're seeing that game is postponed, it sounds like that's due to weather, not because of the Sabres just playing the Devils. Um, So there's that to get out of the way. Then in Carolina, and this is in one of the divisions we cover, or we we don't cover, but in the Central. Um, But I want to touch on it here, that the Hurricanes are going to be without Peter Morazic, their starting netminder, for it sounds like a, a while, and that he's probably going to have to have surgery. That was according to Rod Brindamore. Um, he's not like a superstar goalie, but Carolina is so inconsistent getting saves the past couple of years that they need all they can get there. He's been great. Like I, I, he, I personally believe that Mrazic has been a really good goaltender and, you know, he started off the year really well. I'm in a box pool and I have him. I took him as one of my, one of my goalies in one of the boxes. So that's, that's disheartening to hear. I didn't hear that he was going to be out long-term. I knew he was injured. I wasn't sure how serious it was, but yeah, that's that sucks because now you're you're Carolina um, and you're rolling with James Reimer as your number one. And this is a team yeah. who who has aspirations to do big things. And, uh, you know, James Reimer spent some time in Toronto, so I'm fairly familiar with him. You know, he's mm-hmm. a decent goaltender. He's certainly not somebody who I want to hang my hat on and call my number one. So, you know, I, I it's tough, too, because this is a in a normal year, you would say, Okay, they might be going out and looking for a goalie now. They 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 need you know to get a goaltender. I don't know if you could do that this year with a COVID. You know, it's just trading becomes a little bit more difficult. Uh, so it, it'll be interesting to see how Carolina kind of navigates through this. Yeah, the goalie market is interesting, and I wanted to bring up the Penguins too for this. So I might as well do that now. That so Tristan Jari has had a brutal start to the season as and- I expected. Yeah, and Casey DeSmith, their backup, has not really had a great start either. He's been just barely better than Jari, but he is now in almost a 50-50 split. I know he started the last two games for the Penguins. It's almost a 50-50 split between those two in net, and they don't really have a starting caliber goaltender. 
And like, I just kind of thought for them, like the same thing that you just said for Carolina, like what is the goalie market if there's one at all? Because if you go out and trade for a guy right now, I mean, you might as well do it sooner rather than later because you're going to have to go through the quarantine process, the COVID testing process. Goalie shouldn't be as hard to get into games as players and and defensemen, uh, forwards and defensemen, because there's no system he's got to pick up or anything. But still, like if I'm Pittsburgh or I'm Carolina, like I feel like I want to hit that goalie market right now, but I don't know if anybody's trading their guys at this point with all the COVID stuff. No, I, I don't know either. Like, there's a lot of teams that may have like a decent one-two punch, and and maybe in the summer we're looking to to move guys. You think Mark Andre Fleury had his had his name out there, and, and a he's playing extremely well right now. But I you just don't know if Vegas wants to move him. You know, like if Leonard does end up getting the virus, you want to make sure that you have Fleury not just for the time that he's missing, but for the time that it, it'll take Leonard to refine his game. I could think of the same thing out in Columbus. They've got two goalies that that they want to kind of ride with right now. Not sure if they're going to want to give up either one of them. And then in Arizona, both with Darcy Kemper and Antti Ranta, uh, there was lots of of uh, news around them trying to move Antti Ranta kind of all off season. But now you think about it, like, do they really want to get rid of him? Maybe, perhaps that might be a guy who you can go out and get. But is Ranta going to be the 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 answer? You don't know about that either. So. You know, the, the goaltending market is certainly interesting. Um, we'll, we'll see what comes of it. But I, I just, you know, there, there's it's going to be tough for uh, for teams who, who are going to need goalies. And it's funny, you mentioned the fact that Tristan Jari is not playing well. The Smith is not playing well. You know who else is not playing well and was a, a Pittsburgh goalie not too long ago? Matt yeah. Murray. Man, this guy's off to an unbelievably bad season. Um, he's got like a four, I think I saw a 450 goals against and like an 849 save percentage. This guy's not playing well at all. Yeah. And I was seeing tweets about Pierre Dorian, uh, being maybe in trouble in part because of that move. And Ottawa has been known to, you know, to get guys in and out the door there, uh, in, in, in managerial roles. So <laughs> to even have a, a mess up, um, like that. Did I get the name right? It's not. It's not Pierre Dorian. It's uh. It it is Pierre Dorian. Pierre yeah, Dorian. Pierre Dorian. Yep. Um. That that's a tough trade. I I was he was a guy we were talking about in the off season here in Buffalo, and I didn't love that idea because of the season he just had at Pittsburgh. Plus, is needing a new contract. Ottawa bit the bullet. I there were worse goalies out there that got bad contracts. Um. But yeah, it, it, maybe Pittsburgh, <laughs> even though they picked the guy, even though they don't have much of a plan in terms of a starting goalie. Maybe they picked the better option just because they gave him less money and less term Um, because Ottawa might be stuck there. And there's really nothing, by the way, on the open market. Like there's no no one, there's no big name hanging around. Like I'm looking at the free agent list right now. And the only name that I've really heard of is Corey Schneider and his career has been derailed the last couple of years, which is bad play in New Jersey. So, I mean, there's really nobody else out there that you're just going to go pick up off the street. It's going to be an upgrade. So Pittsburgh, Again, maybe they want to make a trade sooner rather than later. Ottawa's in a different spot because, like, there are there are three points in nine games. I'm not saying they should give up on the season already, but they're not a team that's going to go out there buying. I don't think. No, probably not. I would assume that this is going to be another just kind of year where they go out, lose a bunch of games, get a high draft pick, and hopefully yeah. come back the next year. Hopefully they learn something. The problem with Ottawa. And it's tough. They're they're in a really sticky situation. Usually, they're playing teams in their division like you know 
Detroit and 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 no offense, but Buffalo teams that were more up to their speed, I would say. I mean, the, Buffalo is a better team than Ottawa was, but they're they weren't as good as as this the rest of the teams in this North Division, like Toronto, Montreal, Vancouver, Winnipeg, Edmonton, and Calgary. These are all playoff caliber teams that are just beating up on the Ottawa Senators. The uh, the Sens may be the one team here in the league that really got screwed over by these division alignments because they pretty much don't stand a chance to win any games at all this season. They're always going to be the underdog and they don't have any easy nights where they can roll in and hopefully play a, a game against, you know, the, the Rangers or, or uh, sorry, the, uh, the, the Sharks or Detroit or Anaheim. Like they don't have any of those easy games where they can maybe sneak some points out. It's, it's tough every given night in the Canadian division for Ottawa. Yeah, what's your take on the top of the division there? Because I see right now, from my eyes, Toronto and Montreal are kind of on their own pedestal at the top. Because I think everybody else you have serious questions about. Especially, like, Vancouver can't stop anything right now. and Like, 43 goals allowed is the most in hockey. Yeah. Um, and Edmonton has had, of course, their issues in net as well. And even McDavid and Dreisaitl. McDavid has actually, the last five games, uh, any sort of struggles he was having one away. He had 15 points in his last five games, I think is the number. Um, so there was no worries there, but even like dry possession numbers are way down. I saw and his scoring chance numbers are way down. Um, he'll probably get it back together, but that team is still so thin that if, if they're to- at either one of their top guys have like a bad week, <laughs> they're, they're not going to do a lot and they're not getting the saves from Miko Koskinen either. So uh, Edmonton, I don't know. I might pick them to finish second last in that division right now. Yeah, I, on uh, on my show on TSN on Overdrive, I I have a segment Al's Brothers North Division Power Rankings. So I do it every Monday. Okay. And I had Edmonton as the the sixth team so far this season. Like I, I think that they're in six in my power rankings, and for most of the reasons why you said they can't get a save from Koskinen, that team is way too thin. And if that power play isn't cooking, or teams don't, you know. Uh, take penalties against them and they don't get the man advantage or if dry and McDavid aren't cooking that team is nothing like they can't score they can't do anything they can't win games so you know they're just incredibly thin um poor goaltending so you know Edmonton's gonna gonna struggle all year unless McDavid and dry just go super saiyan mode like they did the night in Ottawa where they both get like five or six points a night um which Hey, man, it's entirely possible. These <laughs> two are on a totally different level right now, the way that they're playing. Like, they could be the number one and number two player in all of hockey. For, yeah. for Like, they legitimately could. Like, this could be the second coming of, like, Gretzky Messier. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and Just without the, the winning, maybe. <laughs> well, yeah, obviously, without the winning. there's They, they don't have a Yari Curry or a Grant Fear back there right. as well. But um, as far as the rest of the division goes, I, I, th- I like Calgary, although they're low right now. Jacob Marshall has been an absolute unit for that team. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he single-handedly stole two points of the night against Montreal, giving them their one and only regulation loss. Uh, he shut them out 2 nothing and was severely outplayed by Montreal, too, in that win. So Markstrom's huge. I think he's going to be a massive boon for Calgary. you got Goudreau playing at an extremely high level. Um, but I believe Toronto, uh, Toronto and Montreal certainly are at the top of the division. Like you said, Montreal right now, I would say is, is probably the team that's playing the best, maybe in all of hockey, 
Like, honestly, they're, they're so deep. They, they've got guys who can score up and down the lineup. Each player that has played for the Habs this season has at least two points. Every single skater on their roster has at least two points this year. That's how deep this team is. They're all contributing, and it's leading to a lot of wins. That's 6-1-2, and two, 14 points through nine games this year. Yeah, I saw a stat the other day. They have the most they have the most players on their team that have scored 20 goals in their career. It was like eight or nine, maybe like three lines of guys that at some point in their career have been 20 goal scorers. Like Paul Byron's on their fourth line is one of those players. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, they, they're super deep. Plus 15 goal differential, by the way. I think that's first in the league. I know they yep. were first the other day. It is still first yeah. in the league. Yeah. Colorado yeah. second at plus 13. Yeah, so those two might be slugging it out all year, but we'll see. Uh, when we come back, we'll talk uh, some trade stuff. Line A Dubois from last week is maybe not starting a chain reaction, but there's 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 some interesting trade stuff going on in the league. We'll get to that when we come back here in the Lockdown NHL podcast. RockAuto.com, a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They got everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The RockAuto.com catalog is unique, remarkably easy to navigate, quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle, and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low, and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now, see all the parts available for your car or truck, right locked on in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Welcome back to the Lockdown NHL Podcast with Joe DiBiase and Mike DiStefano. Get more of the sports news you need in less time with our new Locked On Today podcast. Peter Bukowski hosts Locked On Today, a daily podcast breaking down the biggest stories with analysis from our local experts. Start your day with all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to Locked On Today wherever you get podcasts. All right, so we've got Sam Bennett maybe wanting out in Calgary. We've got Victor Mete maybe wanting out in Montreal and Mike you think this 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 is kind of an interesting trend that has kind of begun in the league yeah and I think this really started this summer with with uh Rossovic and Line a asking for trades and then we saw Dubois ask for a trade and then now we're seeing Sam Bennett and Victor Mete I maybe maybe I'm wrong but I feel like we're seeing a lot more um you know trade requests than than usual like this just doesn't seem like what we've seen in the norm, usually sometimes you'll see like good players ask for trades, I guess, and they could force their way out. But we're seeing some guys who haven't really earned the opportunity to ask for a trade. Typically, you know, if a guy like Rosovic, maybe the, the GM will do their part and, and it just, you know, he's fallen out of favor. So he'll move him anyways and kind of trade for another reclamation project who needs a change of scenery. But now we're seeing these guys just straight up ask. Yeah, I, I want to be moved. I'm not playing. I just find it really odd and and something that's starting to pop up quite a bit around the NHL. Yeah, I wonder if that's going to increase more and more because hockey's never really been that sport. No. You know, like even in free agency, guys very rarely leave. Like when John Tavares left the Islanders a couple years ago, like that was unique when it happened. And to, to go a step further and have guys now like, yeah, asking out. 
in a sport where that almost never happens. I don't know what can contribute to that. Maybe it's just a new generation of young players. Maybe it's them looking at the NBA and seeing how star players do it there all the time and typically get what they want. Maybe it's an increase in it happening in the NFL as well. Although I don't know how well it's going for Deshaun Watson so far um, in Houston. So like other sports, it's happening. And a lot of times it works out for the player and it works out for the player maybe so far this year because Pierre-Luc Dubois honestly did had, did a terrible job with that, that shift he had in Columbus. He yeah. just was dogging it and it was a bad look. But you know what? At the end of the day, it fast forwarded what he wanted to happen happening. Like he yep. got a trade, the trade he wanted within days of that, that brutal shift. So it's not, I think, a good lesson for players to learn. But I wonder if they'll look at that and say, hey, man, like if I just tell the team I'm not going to be given 100 percent effort if you don't give me what I want, which is a trade out of here, then you're going to kind of force the hands of these teams. I don't think you want that to happen, but I wonder if that's in players heads. Yeah, I think so. Like, I, I really do. I think. You look around other sports and especially the NBA, like there's so they have so much control as players. They can basically dictate where they want to play. Like you look at Anthony Davis, he wanted to go to LA, he got to LA. Paul George wanted to go to the Clippers, he went to the Clippers. Like these guys legitimately go wherever they wanted. James Harden, he wanted to go join the super team with Durant and with with um Kyrie Irving. Uh, yep. Yeah, Kyrie Irving. Where is he now? He's in Brooklyn with those two. Like it just the NBA is on a totally different level. And I feel like maybe other sports are kind of starting to uh, like look at that and say, I wonder if we can have that much power in our sport. Mm-hmm. The only difference here is, is outside of, I guess, Dubois and line a, the rest of these guys who are asking for trade requests, aren't the stars of the league. Like we're right. seeing in other sports, but you know, the NFL, Matt Stafford um, kind of asked yep. to, to go elsewhere when they're having a new regime change. And he's like, I don't really want to be a part of another rebuild. So, you know, trade me and and they obliged, they moved him. But, but I wonder if, if the NHL will ever get to that point, right? Like I just, it's kind of never been, uh, it's never been mm-hmm. the way of the NHL to kind of speak out, especially for, for players. Um, they can be blackballed pretty much <laughs> for doing that. So I'll be curious to see if this trend keeps up or if, if star players end up starting to, to kind of piggyback on this. And if that's the case, that's going to be real interesting. Yeah. Me, me and uh, Tom Gazzola, uh on Friday's episode of this podcast, we were kind of, we were kind of reminiscing that we're both in similar spots right now with McDavid and Edmonton and Eichel in Buffalo, where you don't yet have anything tangible to point to, to say, yeah, they want to be traded, but you just human nature. You look at both guys being, I mean, McDavid's on another level, but you look at both guys as being star star talents in the league that have yet to be part of a competitive team, really Eichel more so than McDavid on that point. And it's like, all right, when do they want out? And like it's just human nature to ask for that. You don't yet have, I think, a player of that magnitude. Even Dubois and Line. I mean, they were top picks, and they are very good players, but they are not superstars like the two names I just mentioned. So that and that think, would be a that would be a change of the ball game if uh, no. if one of those two at some point did it. One hundred percent. That would be that would be insane. Like that's more on par with you know the uh, the James Harden type yeah. type level. But right. I, I do want to say like like I believe this 
isn't a new phenomenon seeing, you know, NHL players ask for trades. I just don't remember everything being so public the way that it is right now and kind yeah. of forcing the hand of the GMs through doing this all publicly. I think that that's that's the difference of what's happening now to what's happened in the past. Like, don't get me wrong. I know people are asking for trades left, right, and center, but usually it's done pretty quiet. It's kept hush-hush, sure. and they just go about their business. But now it seems like some players are are making a little bit of a stink about it and are bringing it to the public, which they're hoping public pressure turns into results. Yeah, right. No, like that's what that's what the NBA players do. Like they take it to social exactly. media. They they take it to social media. They take it straight to the fans, and that's how they kind of I think gain an edge on the team with with leverage. And ho- hockey players, I mean, if they wanted to go full route and like get what they want by doing it that way, like it's something that works. And other sports. By the way, a uh, quick news update while we're actually recording the, the the podcast here. I mentioned earlier Sabres Islanders was getting postponed due to weather. The league is now officially postponed it and is saying it is because they are awaiting COVID test results from the Sabres, who just played two games against the Devils. And five of the ten Devils players that are on the COVID list uh, played in those games against Buffalo. So that Uh-oh. that game is being postponed due to health concerns, not due to weather. And it was supposed to be an NBCSN game at six o'clock. So NBCSN, as of now, as far as I can tell, does not have a uh, a plan B for uh, what's going in that time slot. So if you're for national uh, TV watchers in uh, in the United States, you're probably not getting a six o'clock game. I would imagine. Um, Maybe let's so grab some uh, NWHL content. Yeah, you should check out the NWHL. I. I almost want to get down the road of what happened in that league this past week, but I, I think we got one, one, one is enough yeah. controversial topics uh, for what we're going to get to next because we're <laughs> going to talk Tony D'Angelo when we come back here on the Locked On NHL podcast. Are we ready for some football and are we ready for some hockey? There is only one place that has you covered and one place we trust, betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use the promo code Locked On for your 50% welcome bonus. You've got hockey going on right now, lines on that, futures. I'm looking at MVP futures, Jack Eichel, plus 3,000 for the heart. Pretty good. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use the promo code Locked On to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Welcome back to the Locked On NHL podcast with Joe DiBiase and Mike DiStefano of Locked On Leafs. Get the upper hand in your fantasy league with daily fantasy hockey advice from Locked On Fantasy Hockey. Fantasy hockey expert Scott Cullen gives you the tips, insights, and analysis for season-long dynasty and DFS leagues, breaking down all the stats and information to keep you ahead of the competition. Subscribe to Locked On Fantasy Hockey wherever you get podcasts. I'm a... I'm off to a struggling start, I would say, in, in my fantasy hockey league. And in part, it's because I went all in on Ilya Sorokin being the Islanders goaltender. And he, he has not been good. Like, he's got he's got a few games in there. Um, but Varlamov has been 10 times better. How's uh, you playing fantasy hockey this year? Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm in a dynasty league. So I got I got that one cooking. Uh, I mean, I'm doing okay. I'm, I think it's a 16-team league. I believe I'm in six right now out of... Out of uh, okay. out of the sixteen, so I mean, I'm, I'm doing okay. What's that? That's a deep league. Sixteen yeah. teams. Sixteen wow. team. Well, it's so it's a dynasty, right? So sixteen teams. Yep. I think we have twenty four man rosters. I think. Yeah, yeah I think it's a twenty four man roster plus uh, like a twenty man 
uh, uh, miners bench. Where oh, you can put God. prospects and, and <laughs> stuff like that. Yeah, it's it's a serious league. It's a deep league. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. I love that though. I like I don't like just generic like fantasy leagues. Like it's just like you hit standard settings and like that's it. Like I always like an interesting wrinkle. So my league actually is uh it's an empire an empire league, which is more popular in fantasy football, where it's dynasty, but the half the pot every year goes to what is called the empire pot. And that is not given out until someone wins the league twice and then the league starts over. So you could go 10 years of half the pot every year growing and growing and growing until someone finally wins the league twice. That's I, I was like looking for fun wrinkles uh, like that. And I, I like how deep yours is like, that's a, that's an interesting idea for if I'm ever going to get into another one. Um, all right, let's, let's talk about the Rangers here and let's talk about defenseman Anthony D'Angelo who their GM yesterday said has played his final game for the New York Rangers. There's been a lot of stuff out there on this. Uh, there was a, the one report from, um, from the SB Nation Rangers blog that, uh, that he took the first goal from Keandre Miller uh, from this past week weekend, and he kept the puck. Now, that has been quickly dispelled by both the organization and other reporters. So that doesn't sound to be true, but there's also... Miller. Yes, thank you. Um, Which I think I think is important, though. Like I, I think it's important to say that Keandre Miller also came out and said, "No, that's completely right. false." Like the trainers yes. have it; they're supposedly putting it up in a nice little frame. Uh, frame for me, you know, as per usual. And yes. then there was also somebody was like, "Oh, I thought it was weird that they didn't take a photo of him with his uh, with his first goal puck and then post on social media." And, and, and I felt that was a little bit of a nitpicky comment and and jeff gordon also said well you know we we lost the game so i mean that wasn't the thing that was really on our mind um there was there was other things that we were talking about post game than you know taking a photo and and putting it up there so uh yeah i i think the when it came to uh the way that d'angelo and the way that the organization dealt with the stuff between him and keandre miller got blown up a little bit yes uh in, in my opinion and and I mean, from what I've read, I guess, and what I've heard ha- has happened, but it seems like there there was a lot more behind the scenes that had been going on, and and the Rangers just had enough. Yeah, like there was a there was a reported dust up between him and Alex Georgiev, uh, the Rangers netminder. Maybe like, what do we think happens here? What do we think happens with D'Angelo? He obviously he's not going to play again for the Rangers, but it's an interesting case because there is so much behind the scenes stuff on D'Angelo that would make you just want no part of him being uh, in your locker room. And if you look at what he is in his own end, he's a pretty poor defenseman in his own end, but he does give you a lot in the offensive zone. So you could certainly make a case just for on ice reasons that there are teams out there that should want to acquire him, but I'm not sure he gets back in the league at least this year. Yeah, I don't know. It's really weird. Um, I know Jeff Gordon came out, you know, in, in his press conference that he said that he's played his last game for the Rangers and then said that he's sent him home. Um, so although he's cleared waivers and, you know, sent to the taxi squad or whatever, he, he's just he's gone home and, and he's not going to be, you know, an active member of the Rangers organization anymore. But he did say that they're going to look to trade him. So whether or not there's going to be interest, I don't know. Um, I think dispelling the Keandre Miller stuff uh, makes him slightly more appealing. I think mm. if that turned out to be true, like that's oh, a, yeah. a terrible form of like racism and bullying. That's, that's not 
going to be tolerated by anybody. Um, but so I think the fact that that came out to be false gives him a little bit of a better chance to stick around in the league. Cause like you said, like he, he was a talented player, right? This, this is a first round pick. He is on his, I think second or third team right now. Um, he's a kid who had 50 plus like 54 points last year, fourth and all defensemen in scoring last year. So, you know, I, I think there is a team that will take a chance on him. Maybe not this year, perhaps, but certainly I think that he will at some point, uh, whether it's next year, if he gets bought out by the Rangers or if somebody decides to trade for him in the off season, um, I think that he will at some point get back into the NHL and resume his career. Yeah, I think he'll, I, that's what I think. I think someone at some point gives him another shot and he gets back in the league. I still don't love the player. Um, again, I think he he probably he can be more of a negative impact in his own end as much as he has a positive impact in the offensive zone. And that's typically not how I, I am with offensive defensemen um, because I think a lot of offensive defensemen get reputations for being bad in their own end that they don't deserve. But I think here it's warranted. Um but yeah, I think someone gives him a shot, and uh, we'll see. Uh, Rangers, by the way, not not going great for your uh, for your one of your playoff picks in the in the East. But they're not. I mean, they're not out of it. They're only they're in last, but they're only three points back of Pittsburgh for a playoff spot. Yeah, I, I, the Rangers are starting off real real slow. I think uh, Shosturkin and Yorgi have both have not. Uh, they haven't answered the bell when it comes to to being the team's number one netminder with with uh, Longfist out of the way. I think a slow start for Lafreniere is kind of weighing on this team a little bit. Uh, Zibanejad has given them nothing. Kako, Zibanejad, really nobody outside of Panarin is really doing much offensively. Like they're just they're not getting any production from this team whatsoever. So you know, I think it'll it'll turn around. They. Uh, you know, they had a win last night against Buffalo, I think, actually. They beat Buffalo on uh, – uh, No, sorry, the Rangers uh, – Pittsburgh. They yeah. beat the Pittsburgh last night. A uh, nice 3-1 win. So maybe that's their way of, of turning things around a little bit. Pittsburgh, interestingly, like they've um, like kind of gone downhill a little bit ever since uh, the GM, Jim Rutherford, stepped yeah. down. It just seems like weirdly this team's gone a bit of a tizzy since then. Yeah, it does. And we know the roster is not perfect. So that's part of it. But yeah, it's it's strange because they were on they started they had a bad start to the season against Philadelphia. Then they had a four game win streak. And then right the last couple of games, it's like back to like this doesn't look good. Um, I I think they could miss. I think they could certainly miss. I think those top three teams are probably in. I think Philly, Washington, Boston are just too good. And eventually they'll get their spot. But I don't think Pittsburgh has to make it. And that that's partly what they are on the ice. And it's partly that they've got four teams right behind them. And I think the Islanders maybe you would think are the strongest of those four teams, but we'll see. They've had a rough start to the year too, but I don't know. I, I think I would bet on bet on the field versus Pittsburgh making it. But at the same time, I do think they deserve to be favored from that group. So oh, hold on, hold on. you think that Pittsburgh deserves to be favored for the group yet. You don't think that they will make the no. playoffs. Right. So this, so I think of those five teams, they should be the most likely to make it. But if you oh, gave okay. me Pittsburgh versus the other four, I would take the field. You know what I mean? Okay. Okay. I, I see what you're saying. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, part, I, of, I, part of that is part of that is, I don't know which of those four teams to pick. Yeah. 
I, I think both the New York teams are better than their records are suggesting right now. You know, I think they could turn it around at any moment. I mean, I mean, so could Pittsburgh. Like they've got Crosby and Malkin still, right? Like the, the biggest issue there is goaltending. If if they can get a save from Tristan Jari at some point, I think they'll yeah. win some more games. But until he locks it down and becomes a number one, which I'm not convinced he can be. I never was convinced that either him or Matt Murray were a legitimate number one. Um, but yeah, until that happens, I, I don't see Pittsburgh uh, winning a lot of games this year. Maybe it's the Islanders then. Just they, they might have the well. No. no, you know why it's Islanders and Rangers for me over Buffalo, New Jersey. It's just I trust the goaltending more. Like yeah. I think Shesterkin's had a shaky start, but we know the level of goalie he could be just from even last season. And then Varlamov's had a great start to the year. So if it comes down to goaltending, I don't think Pittsburgh's going to win it. I'll just say that. No. All right. Thanks everybody for listening to today's episode. Feel free to check us out on Twitter at Sneaky Joe Sports and at Mickey underscore Canuck. This has been the Locked On NHL Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network.